Hi, I'm Debbie from Property Apprentice. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast, which is called We're Heading Into a Buyer's Market. So what does that mean? Now, one of the things that it means when we talk about a buyer's market or a seller's market is who's got the upper hand. Okay, so when it's a seller's market, which is what we've been in for the last few years, there's a lot more buyers than there are sellers. So what we see in a seller's market as a comparison is lots of properties going to sale at auction and lots of properties getting sold in the auction room with multiple offer situations and multiple bidders in the auction room at any given time. Now, when it changes towards being more of a buyer's market, we start to see a reduction in the number of properties that are sold at auction. And then we start to see more properties being being offered for sale by price by negotiation, or you know they might even have an asking price on it. So that tends to happen when there's less buyers in the market. It's not so much of a feeding frenzy in the auction room. So you know less properties go to sale by auction. Now one of the things that we see that's causing the turn of the tide and the reason that we are heading towards a buyer's market is because we've had some significant changes to the way that banks do lending and those changes have been made through the amendments to the triple cfa which is the credit contracts and consumer finance act so now what's happening is that in order to get a loan approved by a bank you have to jump through a few extra hoops. You know, lenders are actually looking a lot more closely at people's spending habits. And so what we're finding is that some people are having to put their bank accounts on a diet for a few months so that they can show at least three months of clean banking records. And obviously, you know, we're in early February. So if you're looking at the last three months, that includes Christmas. Now, if you've got a good mortgage advisor, they can sometimes work with that and explain to the lenders that, that it's a one-off expense but it will depend on the expenses that you've got so we've kind of got a bit of a credit crunch happening at the moment because the banks are being quite risk averse when it comes to lending at the moment while they're settling into these new changes to that act with less potential buyers in the market we are starting to see auctions getting passed in and all those sort of situations that i mentioned before so we're also at the same time seeing more properties coming up for sale. You know, if you drive around your neighborhood, chances are you'll see a lot more for sale signs now than you would have six months ago, for example. And part of that is because people who've been waiting to see what happens with the property market. Anyone who didn't have to sell, they might have just been sitting on their hands for a while going, oh, if we wait another six months, we'll be able to sell our house for even more than if we sold it now. So what those potential sellers are thinking now is that as the property market starts to show signs of slowing down, and it's been in the media, so it's no secret, uh, these people will start thinking, well, we'd better list our houses for sale now before we lose money. So just a reminder that you only lose money if you sell a house for less than you paid for it or your proceeds of sale are less than what you paid for it because obviously you've got to take into account real estate agents fees and things like that as well. Realistically, if these people have owned their houses for a few years or more, chances are that even if they sell it now for potentially less than they would have got six months ago, but probably not, um, their chances of, of selling at a loss is slim to none unless they've recently purchased that property. 
okay so you only lose money if you sell it for less than than what you put into it to start with so one of the things that we're seeing is that we are seeing more properties for sale and that combined with less actual purchases in the market at the moment means that buyers have got more choice there's less of those multi-offer situations less properties getting sold at auction so there's less of that fear of missing out now when i'm talking about the property market i think it's an important point to point out that new zealand doesn't have one property market there's lots of different property markets within the new zealand property market so some of you depending on where you live you might think what a lot of rubbish. Houses are selling left, right and centre at auction. There's multi-offer situations everywhere. And that's true in some parts of the country. Other parts of the country will be seeing exactly what I'm talking about. And even if we look at, at particular cities, it might be a buyer's market in part of that city and still a seller's market in another part of that city. So you really need to look at the area that, that you're planning on purchasing in and understand what's happening in that particular area. Now, as we start heading more into the buyer's market, which is the next stage in the property cycle, so whatever stage you're currently at, this is the next one, right? If you've been in a booming market or a seller's market, the next stage is that buyer's market. So it gives better opportunities for you to negotiate with a lot less pressure. You know, less pressure from the real estate agents, less pressure on the time constraints. So there won't be quite so much pressure on, you have to make a decision today or you'll miss out, all those sort of situations. This is actually the stage of the property cycle that's my favorite stage to be purchasing in is when it's a buyer's market because you've got less competition from other buyers. So your ability to negotiate is much better. You can take your time in negotiations. You will find that there will be some vendors who will be motivated to sell and you might be the only person that's negotiating on that property while they're trying to sell it. So it does give you the opportunity to, to get potentially a better deal that still works for them as opposed to what you might have had to pay if there were multiple purchases looking at the same property at the same time, okay? So yeah, this is the market that serious investors, seasoned investors, a lot of them have been waiting for the property market to slow down so that they can get back to negotiating better deals. The time of relying on capital gain to make things work, to make deals work, that time's passed. You know, and I think even if you are still in a seller's market at the moment, you can't rely on capital growth hanging around for much longer because there's no guarantees when it comes to capital gain. Now, I'm not suggesting that house prices are going to fall because I actually think the majority of the country house prices will continue to increase. The increases will just be a lot slower. There will be some areas where, especially as we go into a recession, there will be some areas in New Zealand where we will see house price corrections. They tend to be the smaller towns, the smaller areas in New Zealand, especially areas with shrinking populations or areas uh, where there's maybe only one employer in the area. Those are the areas in New Zealand where they tend to have more issues in economic recessions as far as volatility in the housing market. Some areas like that might see some price drops 
in houses, but for the majority of New Zealand, we're certainly not expecting it. What I suggest is that if you're in a position where you can get lending, or if you've got a pre-approval in place now, get out there. As long as you understand what sort of property is the right property for you to be purchasing, whether it's for a home or an investment property, you need to understand how the numbers will affect you. If it's an investment, you need to look at the pre-tax cash flow as well as the after-tax cash flow position. Um, there's a lot more involved with property investing than just buying a house. And it's not all about buying the new builds for tax benefits, because essentially if you're buying a new build, you'll be paying top dollar at the moment and your ability to get the capital gain out of that in the short to medium term like we've seen over the last few years is absolutely reducing. Given the choice between paying full price for something that you might not get any capital gain out of versus negotiating a better price for a property that's already existing, then I certainly know which one I'd be looking at purchasing. My preference at this stage in the market would be to look for existing houses, especially when it comes to getting lending, because if you're looking at buying a property off the plan, and especially if it's a turnkey deal, for example, your ability to get lending to finance that right through to completion, if completion's a couple of years away, is slim to none. To reduce the risk, you should be looking at getting your finance approved to extend past the completion date if possible. Certainly, you reduce your risk if you are looking at new builds that are almost completed or have just already been completed. That will reduce your risk the most because your pre-approval will be sorted right from the beginning. Something else to consider with new builds is that before you sign the contract, make sure that you get your lawyer to double check that contract for you. Uh, don't rely on the build contract that the developers provide you with because those contracts are literally written by their lawyers. So this is where people can get tripped up with the sunset clause. What we're seeing is that there are some people who've purchased a property and then before settlement date, the developers are exercising their sunset clause, either to increase the price because their costs have increased with the supply chain issues caused through COVID. So their costs have increased, so they're passing that on to the buyers. And in that situation, sometimes it can get hard to get lending extended to cover that increased price because of these changes to the triple CFA that I just mentioned earlier. Most good mortgage advisors are factoring in an extra buffer there just to allow for that, you know, a bit of extra wriggle room if it's needed. But still, the shorter the time frame to completion date, the lower the risk and uh, get your lawyer to double check that contract with the building company before you sign it. That'll reduce the risk again. As I mentioned before, existing, there's very little risk in that market because you can get lending approved. Uh, it's already existing, so you don't have to wait a year or two for it to be finished. And potentially you can add value to it to increase the value through renovation. You can renovate existing properties, which generally will increase the value if it's a genuine renovation, not just overcapitalizing. But yeah, that's something that you can't do with new builds as well, because they're already shiny and new. 
Does that make sense? So yeah, there, there are definitely advantages to the existing property market at the moment as opposed to new builds. Something else that I would strongly recommend that you do if you're looking at the new build market is to do your homework on the developer because this is the stage in the property cycle where some developers will go broke. We've been talking to some large developers recently and they've slowed down with the number of developments that they're doing. So they're not developing as many as they were previously because they can see that this is the stage of the cycle where some new developers won't be able to survive. And so what the larger developers tend to do is that when those developers bail on a project, they can jump in there and pick that up for a, a cheaper price. So don't be someone that is caught short in any of those areas that I just talked about. But as I said, if you're in a situation where you can get lending, then don't wait for house prices to fall. If you've got a pre-approval already, my suggestion is to get active in the property market, take advantage of the fact that there are currently less buyers in the market than there normally would be because of this credit crunch caused by the changes to the triple CFA. Take advantage of that, just make sure that you're not paying more than you should be for a particular property and just make sure that you're not relying on capital gain to make that deal work or tax benefits for that matter because tax benefits and capital gain, you've got zero control over either of those things. You can absolutely control how much you're prepared to pay for a property. So if you don't know how to negotiate already, learn how it can save you thousands of dollars all right so thank you for listening i hope that helped some of you and we'll look forward to seeing you at one of our free events coming up shortly if you haven't already been to one recently so the way to find out where our free events are just go to propertyapprentice.co.nz and you'll see a link there for a free event we'll look forward to seeing you soon